Hey guys, this is Jenny Parton with the Rebel Cause Podcast. Today is February the 19th, 2020. Today we're going to be talking about being spiritual, what it means to be a spiritual person. I think there's a lot of misconceptions, common misconceptions and stereotypes associated with what it means to be a spiritual person. I think a lot of people have this thought or image in their head of this pious person who practices yoga all day or you never get to listen to the kind of music you want to again or watch the kind of movies that you want to again or eat what you want and all of that good stuff or maybe you can never have a beer, you know, like it's kind of crazy like people thinking that to be spiritual means that you have to follow this certain rule book or this certain image of what you think that looks like and that's completely untrue. Being spiritual is just like the word of it says itself, spiritual means to be in spirit. That's all it means. And to be in spirit means we're authentic to that space. Because if we're not authentic to it, how are we ever going to know who we are, what we stand for, what's meaningful to us, what is the purpose, you know, what is our heart's desire? You're never going to know those things in truth if you're not honoring the truth of who you are. So, yeah, the things that you love could change, absolutely. And that's totally normal. We're growing and expanding all the time. We're changing constantly. Um, But it's going to be a natural thing and it's going to happen over time and it's going to feel like a very natural release. And it's important to let go of things so that new life can come up in that space. You know, we can create new space for new energy. So we don't want to resist that gentle shift that would occur. But it's not like you're going to feel like you're giving up anything or that you're sacrificing anything so that you can achieve spirituality. We're not in a business transaction like, okay, I'm going to give this up and then I can get my spirituality. That's not realistic at all and that's not how that works at all. I think a lot of people think that spirituality isn't for them because they feel that there are things wrong with them that doesn't allow them to be spiritual. And... It's really important for everybody to understand that spirituality is for everyone, every single body, because we are all spiritual beings, period. I don't care what anybody else tells you that, oh, if you listen to this music, you can't be this or that, or, oh, if you do this or that, you can't, you know, be a spiritual person or you can't be a leader or whatever it is. That's all bullshit. That's their own hang up about the stuff that they believe is appropriate or right for them quote-unquote right so I think that some people believe that maybe the day just came off a bender of cocaine and alcohol or you know they have a mental disability or they're wounded that they're not good enough to be spiritual and that's pretty fucked up like that's that's really sad because spirituality is for everybody and spirituality is not all of those things that I talked about before, all of those preconceived notions about what we think it is. It's about being yourself, being in your authenticity, being humble enough to recognize that change needs to occur, being humble enough to recognize that maybe you haven't been living your life motivated by love and compassion up until this point, and you're ready for a change. You're ready to do something different that draws you towards the energy that you want to experience more of. And even that desire doesn't mean that you're not already spiritual. You are already a spiritual being. It's about honoring that and then treating yourself that way, right? So there is a lot of toxic spirituality out there. And I think that's something that's really important to be aware of. 
And I think that's where a lot of these kind of misconceptions come up from too, because maybe you've been made to feel like you don't belong or that you were not ready or whatever it may be. There's this, you know, community of people who are, believe that it's all love and light and that something's wrong with you if you suffer or have a human experience that causes you to feel anything other than like positive, beautiful things or thoughts or feelings or experiences. And that's just spiritual bypass, man. That's just them not being honest with themselves about the reality of their own situation and the things that they need to look at and do the work inside of them. Like none of us are above our humanity. We're all human. We are all imperfect. We all make mistakes. We all experience failure. So we all have to recognize like we're all human. None of those things are bad though. All of those things are simply a part of our journey. They're redirections that help take us towards the space where we're meant to, you know, be more attentive and to give more of ourselves. So none of that's bad either. It's all really in our perception that we really have to shift about how we look at things, you know? So... Just because you don't think everything's love and light all the time, you don't feel like this positive ray of sunshine that beams constantly 24 hours a day, nothing is wrong with you. That does not mean that you're not spiritual. That does not mean that you are not exactly where you're supposed to be. Growth can look really yucky and messy and horrible and feel really rough and hard. And that's freaking totally okay, man. And if the people in your life can't meet you exactly where you are on your journey and in your experience, then those aren't the right people for you. And we don't want to put ourselves in those environments that spread that toxic spirituality or that fake love and light belief system and that don't give you permission to be in your authentic nature. That's not okay. We want to make sure that we're always in environments that allow us to be in our authenticity. Now, it's not like we want to go into a place and bleed all over everybody else, right? Like, that's not okay either. I have to be self-aware. I have to understand how my actions, how my behaviors impact the people around me. That's my responsibility. So I have to do it in a way that's still motivated by love and compassion. Even if it doesn't feel good. Even if I don't feel great, I still need to show up in a way that is motivated by love and compassion for the people around me, okay? So it doesn't give us permission not to be responsible, but it does give us permission to be authentic to the way that we're feeling in that moment. We don't have to fake it. We don't have to pretend like everything's okay. We don't have to paste on some fake-ass smile and look people in the eyes and tell them that everything's okay. We don't have to do that. And in fact, the more we do that, the more detached we become from the people in our lives. If we can't share an honest truth of exactly where we are in each moment and be real with the people in our lives, we're totally taking away from trust, for one thing, and depth of intimacy. We have to be able to connect in a real place, in that truth. So, there is no love and light. That stuff doesn't even actually exist. In our humanity, we are light and we are dark. That is our humanity. The light exists in the dark, the dark exists in the light. It's that yin and yang kind of concept, right? Everything exists in the whole. I can't deny one aspect of the self just to be present with the other. 
And while we often strive to be in the light, we have to accept the darkness that also comprises our humanity. And, you know, it's also a perception shift. The dark is not the bad place. The dark is often the void. The dark is often the place of creation of all life. All things are born from the darkness. All creation happens in the darkness before there was light. So that dark space is not something to be afraid of. That dark space is not something to consider to be bad. It's not good or bad. It just is. So it's to accept to discover that aspect of ourselves, to recognize what exists within that space that might be there for us, to assist us, to draw us towards our highest and greatest good. By totally negating that aspect of yourself, you're saying that it isn't a part of you in the journey that you're on and that is you're missing out on a whole aspect of yourself if you choose to do that. And all that stuff doesn't go away. Just because you're choosing to ignore it or pretend like it doesn't exist, guess what? It's still in there. It still wants your attention. It still wants to be seen. Sometimes those things just want to be released and shifted into a place of love, which is everything that exists, natural state of being. So, you know, we can take responsibility for that stuff and we can actually do the work of working through it or we can pretend like it doesn't exist and keep pushing it down. But... The unfortunate part of if we keep choosing to push it down, that's what often use you know draws us towards illness. Um, that's where illness manifests. That's where a lot of cancers and things originate from. So it is extraordinarily important to be aware of all of those things. And this is where we also want to ask ourselves like, what is authentically mine? What is the stuff that is truly mine to accept? That is me, authentic to me. And what is the stuff that is actually not mine, but maybe I've been raised in a way that made me believe that it was my belief or my thought or my feeling about something, right? So am I caught up in the old programs, old societal expectations and narratives, old dogmatic belief systems? Are those the things that I'm allowing to motivate my experience? Are those the things that I am accepting as my truth and living from that space? Because what happens when we do that, we often hit this wall at some point and realize like, man, I'm not living my life. This isn't me. I am not doing what feels authentic to me. I am not doing what my soul space is leading me to believe I'm here to do. And a lot of people, I think they end up having those like midlife crisis or you even hear it at like 20 year olds, you know, these days, mid twenties, people are starting to have these crises of like, Man, I'm not me. I'm not doing me. This is not who I am. I'm doing what I think other people want me to do or what society tells me is right. So this doesn't mean that we have to strive to be better all the time. Like we're not constantly chasing this proverbial carrot of like, I got to be better. I got to be good. I got to be this, right? Because that implies that what I am is inherently bad. It's more about giving our attention to the wounds in healing them so that the behaviors and habits that we have taken part in to survive are no longer necessary. So like maybe because I'm a wounded individual and I've got a lot of stuff that I've been carrying with me that needs healing, I've been trying to fill that hole or that void or heal that wound or you know, numb it out with some kind of addiction or um, behavior that's not really serving me 
because I want to take myself out of that place. I want to draw myself away from having to do the work of healing the wounds. And maybe it's because I don't have the tools. I don't know how to heal the wounds. And so there's this fear inside of me that says I'm always going to be this way, right? So it's about peeling away all of the structures of our existence that are not supportive of your truth. What are all of those things that are not mine? And they say that the way that you know your truth is by the way it feels. So if you draw that, tr- that, that belief system or that ideal or that thought into your heart space and it feels like it's yours, then you know it's yours. If it feels like it's not, you know it's not. So you really have to learn to listen to your intuition and to trust in your heart space for that to be a viable exercise, right? It's about gaining the tools that we don't have and applying them. To gain the tools that we don't have, we have to go have experiences. We have to go to classes. We have to read books. We have to educate ourselves. We have to do the work of figuring out what are the tools that are going to work for me. We have to go to different yoga classes. We have to try different breathing techniques. We have to do all of the things that we don't know how to do. Try them. Have those experiences. Figure out what works for me, what doesn't work for me. It could be as simple as I make myself this ritualistic kind of cup of tea. I do this special routine to make this cup of tea and it feels so special, so perfect for me that it helps draw me out of a dark place. You know, it can be that simple. It doesn't have to be like a yoga class or a breath technique or something like that. Your spirit is an expression of divinity. Therefore, it can never be bad. It's not ever bad. Do we maybe gain habits and, you know, have behavioral things that we adopt because perhaps we're miserable and unhappy and we don't necessarily have the tools that we need to heal the wounds that we have? Absolutely. We can totally gain habits that are not healthy for us and that aren't drawing us towards our highest and greatest good, but that doesn't make you inherently bad. The spirit is an expression of divinity and is only love. That's all it can be. So the ego or the false construct of being wants goodness through achievement and approval. Through self-awareness and our natural state of expansion and evolution. That is to be in spirit. That is to be spiritual. That is to be authentic to our nature. And that is what we want to strive for. We're not striving for goodness through achievement and other people's approval of our behavior and the things that we're doing. So it's really important for us to remember that. And I really love like Jack Black's story. I actually didn't know this about him and I actually really like him as an actor. Um, his story is pretty cool because for years Jack Black felt like he didn't belong or like deserve a place in Hollywood and he finally learned to use the things that set him apart in that world to create a niche for himself that nobody else could embody and I think that's really what it's about it's about using all of the things that we feel like make us a freak or make us weird or make us damaged or make us 
scary or bad or whatever it is that we used to utilize these other habits that weren't helping us or assisting us or embodying that growth and expansion for us um in turn flip it you know recognize those aspects of ourselves as a strength and do something different with it those things actually can make us special the things that we think are weird or bad about us so all that manic energy that he used to believe was negative embodiment became his strength and he learned to inject all of that manic energy into his roles, into his music. And through that authenticity, he established his unique career, which he's highly successful. And he actually has three rules for self-acceptance, and I really loved them. Um, the number one was embrace what makes you special. Number two identify your strengths and number three use it to help others so let's break this down a little bit in reference to number one remember what makes you special and that doesn't always look shiny and beautiful at first glance and in fact, it's usually the stuff that people have either like made fun of us for or criticized us for or told us that there's something wrong with us, right? So a lot of people don't consider manic behavior a trait that would make them special because society tells us it's not. We haven't really normalized mental health issues in our society. We haven't made people feel safe in that space who deal with those kinds of um you know, what society would call a restriction. It's really just a behavioral trait or a, um, a part, an aspect of their being. And so because society tells us it's not a positive thing, then society would have us believe that manic behavior means that we are mentally challenged or broken in some way. And then a lot of us feed that narrative and we're like, oh yeah, man, like something is inherently wrong with me. I'm never going to be okay and I'm just going to have to like nurture this wounded aspect of myself and just try to make it through this life, right? Bullshit. No. This is where we have to start to learn to peel away the layers of conditioning and with our new perception, be willing to decide for ourselves how to see and utilize our unique traits. And this is where we step into our power. This is where we say, you no longer get to dictate who and what I am and how I show up in this world, what my perceived gifts are, what my perceived strengths are. I get to choose what that looks like. And I get to choose what I do with those things. So the things that the world tells us then have no weight or influence in our lives until we take ownership of them. The world outside of you can tell you whatever the hell it wants to. It can tell you all of these lies about who and what you are and how you get to show up in the world and all of that stuff. And it has no influence in your life until you choose to take ownership of it. Until you choose to adopt that narrative. Until you allow that story to infuse itself into your actions and your behaviors and your thoughts and your words. You are in control of what your beliefs and energies 
manifest how you choose to feed them. You and nobody else. So it's really important, this number one, because this is the part where you have to choose to take control back where you have to choose to no longer buy into those old narratives that are not yours and they're not serving you. Number two, you get to determine what your strengths are. That was to identify your strengths. The things that make you special can't be turned into strengths until you invest in them. You recognize them for what they are and allow them to be seen and experienced by others. So those things that make you special cannot be turned into your strength until you invest in them. What are you doing? How are you investing in yourself to take note of what makes you special and turn it into a strength? So the most natural expressions of your being are what makes you special. And the investment in and pure exhibition of those things usually contains our strengths. Often these strengths are sourced in the places that we have been taught that are unacceptable or to be hidden from the world. So we really have to dig and we really have to be willing to look at the stuff that hurts us and to do the work of healing the wound so that we can uncover the part of that that makes us special or that we can utilize as a strength. Number three is when we use it to help others. So when we use that thing that makes us special and turn it into a strength and we're using it to help others, we're sharing the medicine of who we are. And that is the medicine that we have sourced in doing the shadow work and healing our wounds. That medicine comes from our ability to understand certain kinds of traumas or pain far more intimately than others who haven't shared similar experiences and allows us to more effectively offer a hand to those in need, to be a voice for those who haven't found their own and take actions to create positive change through awareness and offering positive solutions. And I think it's also really important to note about this number three and how we give back that This is where we also become an inspiration to others. And this can be really hard for those of us who kind of like to blend in and be a wildflower. But at some point, we have to be willing to be seen in our life experience. It's so funny to me, too, how, like, we don't want to share with people and we don't want to, like, let them in to see the truth of who we are. But then when they don't see us and they don't acknowledge us that way in our spirit, in the way that we wish to be seen, we get pissed freaking crazy man it's like you cannot expect something of somebody if you're not willing to be seen you have to be willing to show yourself to people in your authenticity it's just not an option not to and through that willingness to step up and to be seen that's when we can become an inspiration for the people around us who perhaps have been really afraid to show the same kind of you know, aspects of themselves to the world because they've been told they're bad and they've been told they're wrong and they've been told they're not acceptable or, you know, socially palatable, whatever that crap is that the world likes to feed us, that they don't fit this particular box and they're not ticked off on what, you know, 
the whole world wants to see. And so when they can see you doing it and you being successful with it and you embracing those aspects of yourself that other, the rest of the world has told them is so wrong in them, you give them the gift of being able to find their own spirit, to be comfortable in their own authenticity, to be able to share those aspects of themselves with other people too. And then to also be that voice, that lifting hand to assist and help others in ways that, you know, we can't even imagine. And that's the ripple effect. That's that one drop. That's that like, oh, I'm just one person. How could I possibly help? How can I possibly change the world? You just do it. You just start one foot in front of the other. You just start by like being in your authenticity and addressing the things that you have a heart for. But if you can't be real with yourself and you can't know who you are and like be in spirit, you're never going to know what that looks like. For me, this is what spirituality is. This is to be in spirit. Spirituality has nothing to do with the practices, the tools. The tools are there to assist us. The yoga, the breath work, the reading, the knowledge, the understanding, the classes. Those are all tools that help us evolve and change and shift and grow. But the true spirituality is to know yourself. It is to embrace what makes you special. It's to identify your strength and to use it to help others. That is being in spirit. It is allowing yourself to be motivated by love and compassion above all else. It is about self-awareness. It's about being honest with yourself and being willing to see the truth, the essence of who and what you are, and not just for you to see it, but to allow others to see it. Because that's what usually keeps us from having like, you know, close connections with other people. Like I said, it's that fear of being seen. If you yourself don't even want to see what's inside of you, what lays inside of you, your truth and authenticity, how in the hell are you going to share that with anybody else? How are you ever going to have depth of connectedness and intimacy with the people in your life? True unity and belonging and connectedness is contingent on our ability to come back to ourself. So this is why this is so insanely important. You have to be willing to look at the truth of who and what you are. You have to be willing to shift the narrative of all of the negative bullshit that you ever said about yourself and who you think you are and what you have to offer. You have to flip that script, man. You have to tell a new story that highlights those aspects of yourself that you always thought were the most fucked up parts of yourself and turn it into something amazing and beautiful and that is worth sharing and that is worth other people gleaning inspiration from. So that is my two cents for today. And that is essentially what I want to teach everybody to do, man. Like, I want you to come back to your authenticity because it's all about the end result, which is, you know, being able to show yourself, to look at yourself truly, authentically in the mirror and to accept and love that. And then to be able to share it with the rest of the world and and to really tap into whatever unity or connectedness that you can gain from that space and to be that ripple effect. So... I really appreciate you guys listening to me today. Um, I get kind of passionate about some of these subjects because I think they're so freaking important. And it's a lot of stuff that maybe we haven't heard before or a narrative that we haven't been taught, you know. So I really am grateful for you guys listening to me and being willing to hear what I have to say. And as always, you know, if something doesn't agree with you and you don't like feel like what I'm saying is right for you, by all means, Source your own truth. Hopefully, by you knowing what I'm saying that doesn't work for you, you're going to be able to more effectively know what does. Sometimes if we know what isn't our truth, we can more 
with more um, confidence know what isn't, right? Or what is for us. Then we know, like, yeah, this is my truth. Whatever she's saying, not so much, but maybe it inspired me to come to my own understanding of things. And that's more beneficial than anything else, I would say. So I hope you guys have an awesome rest of your February. And I will look forward to speaking to you guys next Wednesday. And I hope you all have a really, like, abundant week and enjoy your family and friends. And just practice this, like, think about these things and start thinking about how you can more effectively show up in the world, okay? Y'all have a great one, and I'll look forward to talking to y'all next time. Bye.